When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Week one of the 2023 NFL season is over. The carnage has happened. We've dealt with it. The injuries, the underperformances, and everything is over. And we are on to week two. Now it's time to figure out what players are looking up, what players are looking down, who maybe we should be excited for, who we shouldn't be excited for, buy low, sell high, all that stuff. Week two, fantasy football, and of course, best ball here on Spike Week Sickos. Let's do it. So, Rob, have you um, officially, you know, wrapped your head around everything that happened in uh, in week one, especially after last night's what a great ending to week one, by the way. I don't mean it with Aaron Rodgers. That's obviously a terrible, terrible ending for whatever people feel about Aaron Rodgers. I did. I didn't want to see that. Nobody wanted to no. see that. I did think it was going to be really awesome for the NFL if he was on the Jets and making them uh, really, com- which I think he was going to make them a really good and competitive team. And I have my Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson bags packed, so it's certainly not not awesome that Aaron Rodgers is not there. But uh, fun game. I mean, amazingly fun game. Brutal for the old Bills. Uh, Bills fans cannot be feeling awesome about everything. Um, we don't need to dive too deeply into Monday Night Football, and we don't need to talk too much about Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure everybody has talked about Aaron Rodgers ad nauseum. Yeah, the Bills suck. Uh, uh, it is pretty sad to lose to Zach Wilson and uh, and the Jets. Um, but have you have you like come to grips with everything that happened in in Week One and ready to move on to Week Two? So heading on last night's game first, I do think the Bills. So. Let's start with this. The Jets defense is going to be legit the entire year. That defense is going to be really, really good, and they are going to make people look bad. We were talking about this in Discord last night, but I still think that the Bills are just going to be – I don't want to say bottom of the pack because that's not what I think, but I don't think the Bills offense is going to be anything near the level of great that some people thought they were going to be. I, I think we saw that with Josh Allen last night. He's just, he is who he is, kind of. He had one, like, really, really good season, but this dude kind of melts down quite a bit, it feels like. I I mean, maybe I'm projecting because I don't, like, care for the Bills' offense too much. I made that a point over the summer. But it seems we're getting the same old, same old with the Bills. Now, I think they have an absolute crush spot this week with the Raiders. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's all going to just turn around and it's, and like, I understand that people are going to try to shove that in my face, but I think they're going to crush the Raiders this week. But I I think overall, they're just going to be like a a fledgling offense where like they have some up weeks, but they're going to be as many down weeks as up weeks. It feels like, and that brings us kind of to the entire NFL. And we hit on this a little bit last night, but 
kind of felt like almost every offense was like that over this past week. And are we worried about that going forward for the whole year? I mean, we, we go to week one, the Chiefs lose, the Bengals lose, the Bills lose. That is the cream of the crop, supposedly, in the AFC. Good for the Chiefs that all the teams that they're really worried about lose as well. Um, also, the, the Chargers, Chargers lose. So it's like it's a it's an interesting conference, and that's kind of like what I'm trying to wrap my head around. Like, is offense going to be bad? Is it the way that teams are working out in the summer now? Like, do they need these extra few weeks to get in gear? Like, that's kind of the concern going forward for me is like, what are offenses actually going to look like? Yeah. So two, two thoughts on that. Eight first on the, on the bills. Um, still obviously going to be an upper echelon offense across the NFL, right? Like the, the Cardinals aren't going to be able to match what the bills can do on, on offense. Nobody is saying that even, even with what the Rams did on Sunday, the Rams are not going to be as good of an offense as, as the bills will be this year. But I think um, the matchup was, was brutal with the jets. Like you said, the jets are going to make a lot of good teams. Look, let the jets are going to, the dolphins just had like 17,000 yards on Sunday against the chargers. The jets are probably going to make the dolphins look not awesome when they, when they play them. But what I think the Bills did, I think, just my take, we'll see how this plays out over the course of the next 17 weeks. But the whole, you, I'm sure, and everyone probably watching uh, remembers over the course of the summer, if you've been playing best ball or whatever, the, the great 12 personnel debate. But the, the great, the summer of 23, 11.5 personnel debate, whatever you want to call it. They decided... So people that said they're going to play both of these tight ends, right? They're going to play, right? So for anyone not familiar, 12 personnel means my dogs are singing upstairs, but 12 personnel, meaning uh, one running back and two tight ends are on the field, right? And so depending upon how many tight ends and running backs you have, that's how many wide receivers you have on the field. So they decided to play both of their tight ends the majority of snaps so people said see you know you you could take that victory lap and say see i told you they were going to run and also 11 let's not call it 11.5 personnel it's fucking 12 dalton kincaid is a tight end let's not make up fake things to make it sound cooler that's like the thing going around in a fantasy twitter today was the pick them stuff and the the prize pick stuff is dfs plus like stop it it's they're they're players it's prop (laughs) it's a prop parlay it's sports betting we just found a loophole in the system it's not dfs plus whatever the fuck that means so anyway it's 12 personnel. They ran it a ton. And guess what happens when you run lots of 12 personnel? You have a very unexplosive offense. When you're when two, when when you have Gabe Davis, who never gets open, right? He's a he's a down the field flyer. Stefan Diggs is amazing, and he proved to be amazing last, last against that defense to do what Stefan Diggs did. He's still yeah. really good at the game. And then you have two tight ends who clearly, you know, they're not going to be stretching the field. I how I don't really understand how you thought that that was going to like. You're going to like beat the Chiefs and the Bengals and the Dolphins and all that with two tight ends the whole time. Like it'd be one thing if, it, if you had like Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, I'd be like, OK, you know, go for it. Those guys are amazing. Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid. That's your answer to like solving NFL defenses. I think the Bills misjudged this whole thing. I mm-hmm. think I also think over the course of the season, they're going to move away. You, you can't do this. You can't. This is not how you can win. This is not winning football. It's the opposite. Like they're trying, I think it was the little fancy play syndrome where like they're trying to solve the, you know, the, the great 
too high. The, everybody's running too high safeties and nobody can score, right? No big plays or whatever. They're trying to solve that that issue with the the underneath tight end guys. This is not that's not that's not the answer. The answer, look what the Dolphins did. You want to see how you solve two high safeties? Have a bunch of fucking speed and playmakers and stretch the defense. Stretch the defense, both the safeties to each corner of the field and hit them in the middle. Like it's the easiest. Like people act like two high safeties is hard to beat. It's two high safeties have been around for the the (laughs) history of football. Like two high safeties is not new. Now, some of the ways that they're, you know, deploying defenses, of course, are a little bit new. But and of course, not everyone has Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. So I'm not saying that everyone can do this. But how you how, how you do this is stretching the defense, right? Why did Durham Smythe have like 60 yards? Why did River Craycraft have like 50 yards and a touchdown? It's because you're stretching the defense both horizontally and vertical and vertically, and then these other guys can 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 succeed. You don't just like dink and dunk your way against yeah. it. And so I think the Bills misjudged it a little bit. And I think eventually, like we're gonna get whether it's Deontay Hardy. Or which we did see, a, Deontay Hardy looked pretty good last night. I feel like they should have played more of him, uh, or Khalil Shakir, or whatever. Justin Shorter. I think the Bills will will pivot back to a little bit more natural, uh, normal spread offense. Um, but that was my big takeaway, really, from last night. Not Rogers. Not I mean, well, Brees. We don't got to get into that. But like the Bills' plan, kind of like we talked about last night with the Ravens' plan, felt like awkward and uncomfortable and nobody looked like they really kind of felt comfortable that's what i felt about the bills and it was because they literally had dawson knox and kincaid out there the whole time and it's like what did you expect those guys can't get open against good good defenders so it it didn't go well and then to to your point i think um i think it is a little bit of early in the season the these defenses have they don't have an edge because a defense with the rules of the NFL, the defense never has has the edge. It's it's all skewed towards the offense. But if there was ever a time when the defense had the edge, like look over the summer, like you, there's only so many practices you can have. There's only so many padded practices you can have. Half mm-hmm. these guys sit out every other practice during training camp, right? Kadarius Tony never fucking played all 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 summer. Uh, J.K. Dobbins never played all summer, right? Mark Andrews never played. Like there's so many of these guys that are just like you know, we get to week one and they've practiced with their quarterback like eight times. It's like, you know, so naturally that creates some, some issues. I think it'll, it'll change a little bit over the summer, but I do think, you know, offenses are having a small adjustment period in the NFL where defense, you know, we had a really huge scoring boom when the offenses kind of went a little more college style spread, you know, air raid styles, uh, you know, came in vogue in the NFL and, and a lot of really cool routes, route concepts and stuff. And the defenses have adjusted, now they haven't solved anything, but offenses now have to kind of punch back. And I think they will. They, they definitely will. I also think the elite offenses in particular had like a lot of turnover and chaos, right? The chiefs, like we don't, the wide receiver room, we like, we st- they still don't know who, what they got in their wide receiver room. And they lost Travis Kelsey in week one, the Ravens had a new offensive coordinator, two new wide, basically three new wide receivers. Cause Bateman has barely played for him. And they lost Mark Andrews in week one, right? Et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I'm not super worried about the all the, all those offenses, but it does create a pretty fun little dynamic. You know, Burrow was didn't play all, all summer and then was in a fucking monsoon against a good defense. And like, I'm mostly writing all of that stuff off, but it, it will be fascinating to kind of to kind of follow over the next you know month or two. 
Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to kind of like just see the the evolution of the offenses for all those reasons, especially like how many teams are just adjusting to new coaching, which we hit on last night and everything. So, um, shout out, am Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> I played I played safety. If you want to know about playing, too, I also we played, played safety. We played, yeah, we played. <laughs> In, in college, I was a safety, and we played too. We played too high, literally every snap. Basically, we played too high. So that's my that, that's my that's my baby. That, that's my that's my my thing. And in high school, when I coached, we played too high safeties. And uh, so, uh, quite, like I said, and that was I'm, I'm 35 years old. This was <laughs> damn near 20 years ago. So like it's been around. This isn't new. The two high safeties is not new. People have been yeah. doing it for a long, long, long time. Let's run down the comments really quick. I want to catch up on these before we start to dive into week two. Uh, I like to appease the the viewers. Normally, we're not doing you know uh, trade start sit waiver wires or whatever. But uh, Ventro asks about you know the Broncos wide receivers. He has both Sutton and Judy and Devonta Smith. Should you trade keep, trade both? Should I keep both or trade one? And if so, which Broncos wide receiver should I trade? That's actually kind of interesting because it's like a well, who are you most bullish on moving forward? Right the, between the two Broncos wide receivers. And you talked a little bit about Sutton last night on the show. Are you, are, are you, would you rather trick? It's, it's tricky because Judy, you paid more for Judy and you're probably selling a little bit low, but are you still most bullish on kind of Sutton right now? Or what are you thinking? I still like Sutton the best out of all the receivers over in Denver. I mean, like a question like this is always tough to answer because I don't know what your league settings are. I don't know how many wide receivers you can start. I don't know if you're doing full point PPR. I don't know what you're going to get for a return on Judy right now with people. Well, knowing that he's got the injury and people scared. I mean, like in a vacuum, sure, I would probably trade one if you're not, if you don't want to have both Broncos wide receivers, but why'd you put yourself in that spot in the first place? <laughs> if you didn't want you know, both so, of them, don't draft yeah, both of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I go with that stuff. So if I could trade Judy for something decent, I would trade Judy for something decent, but I don't know what you're going to get for him. I think I'd trade Sutton just because of that dynamic. Um, yeah. He scored the touchdown last week. He was the guy uh, that people probably are like, "Ooh, maybe it's a Sutton year." When you thought it was Judy all along, he just didn't play week one. Um, yeah. So uh, this is actually a kind of interesting one. I know our guy uh, Hacker, the wizard developer of all of the Spike Week tools, has been drafting Mike Evans. Kind of not necessarily this thesis to the Bills specifically, but that uh, Mike Evans could a be a good pick on the bucks regardless. And he did have a good uh, reasonably good week one, but also that if the bucks are not great, he could get traded. Right. And they did not land on a contract extension for Mike Evans in Tampa, which does open him up to be a, a, a better trade candidate because the team wouldn't have to take on a big contract if they trade for him. Um, I don't know that the bills should trade for Mike Evans just because it's an awkward fit. Um, Gabe, Gabe can, Gabe can only play on the outside. He, he is, he is, he is a one trick pony. Like I love Gabe Davis, but he is a one trick pony. Stefan Diggs can of course move around, but I, Evans also is kind of like fancy Gabe Davis. I don't think you want him Diggs and uh, Gabe. It's an awkward fit basically. Um, so I don't know that that improves things, but I mean, if Stefan Diggs wants to move inside full time, I mean, he would fucking eat in the slot for the bills. Uh, and if Diggs would be okay with that, uh, or just like they could, you know, change their offense around a little bit, Mike Evans, Stefan Diggs, and Gabe Davis would be fucking incredible with Josh Allen for sure. But Eric, how would they play 11.5 personnel? If yeah. they made that trade for Mike Evans, 
RIP to 11.5. <laughs> DFS plus would be over if uh, if Mike Evans got traded to the to uh, to the Bills. Yeah, this is funny. Did you see Did you see the Mookie Betts DFS plus boost uh, wow. on Underdog? God, that was that was uh, so funny. This is this is actually true. TJ says the 12 personnel hasn't worked since Gronk and Hernandez. People have been trying to recreate this Gronk and Hernandez thing for forever. Like Aaron Hernandez hasn't even been alive since. Like like people have been trying to create this for so recreate this for so long stop it's not a thing those two guys were fucking unicorns and they were on the they were like probably who, the two who, best who was the quarterback there too yeah they also happen to have the greatest quarterback of all time <laughs> the greatest you know coach of all time like shocker that uh sean mcdermott can't recreate gronk and hernandez with dawson knox and dalton kincaid um uh, let's see here. Johnny football says shout out Johnny. He's, he's around here a bunch. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Are we talking best ball like this every week? You know it. Uh, we're not going anywhere. I mentioned this last night, but just to reiterate for everybody watching right now, last night's show, Monday night, best ball and tonight's show spike week, sick goes on Tuesday. They're not going anywhere. 365 days a year, every Monday and Tuesday, Rob and I'll be here hanging out, talking best ball, talking the results of the games, talking you know the ramifications for best ball and of course fantasy football in general and then we're working on everything else that we have you know nba is coming mlb playoff best ball is coming soon we'll have in-season nfl best ball there will be more but probably for these first couple of weeks it will just be mostly the monday and tuesday shows and then we'll we'll be back several days a week for you uh once the action really starts to uh to pick up um let's see here it's funny i just want to while we're talking reminiscing whatever uh he says no is that how would you how would you is this dial dial or delay delay how would you how, how do you say this name uh i guess delay delay we're gonna there's go no delay, action, delay. so dial dial could work as well yes so but uh, i don't know so you have to tell us how you say your name in the in the chat because i honestly i have no idea how to pronounce this but we'll go delay delay because it sounds funnier yeah uh no zero blitzes or would you have gotten burned it's really funny you say this when i first got to college we ran like a zero man straight fucking blitz every goddamn snap press man like i was a press man corner when i got to college uh, and then we we told we got new a new defensive coordinator and went to a, a two normal a normal fucking defense not a goddamn psychopath zero man blitz defense every single time but uh, yeah dilly dilly what what that's not that doesn't make any sense just just make it dilly dilly if it's supposed to be dilly dilly spell it dilly dilly that's not dilly dilly that's Dogs dial dial pissed. Great job. The dogs dilly are mad. Dilly. Yeah, yeah. Fucking dilly dilly. Um <laughs> week two. Let's get in. Let's get into week two. We've uh messed around enough. Um, Come for the safety talk. Stay to get roasted for your name. Yes, exactly. Spike week. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> what we do here. The first thing I want to talk about, uh especially because it's it hits home with you probably the most, is the elite quarterbacks heading into week two. Um the elite quarterbacks. I don't want to say couldn't have been more of a disaster in week one, but it's pretty close. It was, it was pretty close to couldn't have been more of a disaster. Mahomes kept you afloat with his score. Josh Allen was a disaster. Jalen Hurts was close to a disaster. Um, Lamar Jackson was absolutely a disaster. It wasn't great, right? Justin Fields wasn't good. Joe Burrow was truly a disaster. It was really bad across the elite quarterback front. Week two, 
almost basically all of those guys have much better matchups. And so I fully expect bounce backs from basically all of those guys. Of course, Lamar and Mahomes will get back, should get back Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, which will be massive. But one thing I do think is at least mildly interesting or concerning, depending upon your viewpoint of the elite quarterbacks is that um, part of the reason why you draft the elite quarterbacks is this sort of matchup proofness the the like you're paying a second or a third round price on right when i was drafting lamar the thesis is that okay even when he's in a bad matchup i'm gonna get 15 or 18 or whatever and like it that like it's not it's not the bad lamar game is 16 fantasy points right the bad jimmy g game is one fantasy point the bad lamar game supposed to be 16 fantasy points or whatever and that was not what happened in week one with any of these guys and so i do think it's at least reasonable to point out that like oh man the thesis of them is not only that their ceilings are higher because they are and i think we're probably going to see that this week in week two but it's also a floor-based argument like if if i'm only paying for those big spikes it's not adding as many points Right. The whole the reason why they add so many more points than the other quarterbacks is because they're getting you 15 at least every single week. And then they're giving you 40 in their big games. If they're getting if they're not giving you 15 in their bad games, the guys who are that, you know, you pair three cheap guys, you are getting 15 or plus every single week. And it kind of offsets it. So have you had any thoughts about the the elite guys? Or are you just kind of writing off, you know, a little bit of variance in week one? I think that the Lamar one especially is like gigantic variance. Just based on the way that that game script played out, yeah. I think you just throw that Lamar game completely out the window. The thing that killed me the most is after the the Mahomes game, I saw a take that it's like Mahomes is not a top five quarterback. You can't, <laughs> you can't like in terms of fantasy. They were saying like he's not a top five fantasy quarterback, and I'm like, he just had like a mediocre Mahomes game and scored twenty essentially, 20. and and. There's the thesis, the thesis you're talking about. The mediocre Mahomes game was 20 points this year. He'll probably have a game where he scores less. He'll probably do a 15-point game or, or something like that. But he his offense is different than all the other ones. Again, the, the Lamar thing I think was like was low. I think the Eagles one with Hurts kind of you are still playing as much as I like the shit on Belichick now. He is one of the better defensive-minded coaches, and he had they have a, a good month, defense. They, they had a month a or defense. two to to scheme for that game, and also the Eagles had a INT return for a touchdown, which always messes up your offense, like in terms of scoring, for the most part. So I think there was a lot of outliers this week. Again, Josh Allen. I'm shitting on Josh Allen. I think he makes a ton of mistakes, but they played against the Jets, who are a really really good defense. So. I'm looking at it as an outlier. I'm fine with it. And it actually like kind of helps my thesis out a little bit because every single elite quarterback kind of quote unquote failed, but all of these lower end quarterbacks, nobody still put up an elite elite game. There, yeah. there wasn't an elite game. So the catch up room for these quarterbacks for like a, for a best ball from a best ball perspective is super easy it's one game it's two games like at most and Lamar can catch up Lamar can put up 35 next week right 
Josh Allen against the Raiders could put up 35 next week. He probably will. <laughs> and he's already caught back up to, you know, Sam Howell, Anthony Richardson, yep. you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not worried about it. If the offenses continue, if this trend continues, then you get worried about it. But for now, I, I have no concern because there's – if you had one of these guys, if Anthony Richardson – or Sam Howell, who I have a lot of too, but like just say one of these lower end guys went out there. Jordan Love. And Jordan Love had a had a thirty five point game, and then I'd be a little more scared, and I'd want to see what what's going to happen there because there's a lot of ground to make up at that point. It's week one. I think that the elite quarterbacks are going to be just fine. I mean, if you're worried about any of them, it's Burrow, but I I'm not even really worried about Burrow right now. I think um. I'm I'm not worried about again. I keep I want to keep reiterating that the Bills are going to crush this week, so I'm not worried about them this week. I do think if the Bills don't figure this shit out, like we talked about at the top, I, I know I'm getting my hand in the dirt and being a you know a, a boomer or whatever. But I I do think schematically, it's not easy for a unless he, like so a he's supposed to run less this year. He didn't run less in in week one. Um, also, he has got to learn how to run safely. He never will. The, the the fucking third and 15 run where you're 10 yards still from the first down and you're trying to jump over a defender is the stupidest shit I've ever seen in my entire slide, buddy. Like he has to learn how to slide. He won't. Um he I I I, I he's don't Cam, think... he's Cam Newton. Like yeah. like he they they're this was my argument last year. Like Josh Allen has the shortest window of all these quarterbacks because he, because of his play style, that he will not adjust. He doesn't, he doesn't learn anything, to be completely honest. If you look at the way he plays, he still throws really dumb passes that get intercepted. He has not, he's not learned how to throw the ball away. Pro like he just doesn't learn this shit. And specifically, the running is why he's going to have only five more years in the league or something like that. He's he's only going to have like a 10-year usable career and that it's just going to go away just like Cam. You remember Cam Newton's fall-off? Because it was quick. It yep. was a quick fall-off, and I think you're going to have the same thing with Josh Allen. And I'm, last last hand in the dirt in the dirt take, but I was so triggered last night. There was one specific play where uh, every time Allen gets pressure, he does the high school quarterback or the college quarterback thing and puts his head down and tries to run. Right, so there's a free rusher or something like that off off of the edge. The best quarterbacks of all time: Rodgers, Brady, Manning, etc. When you see that free rusher, you always have a hot read, right? Mm -hmm. So like in in. in most most plays you have a and in this specific one they did everybody's running a route i think it was i, I can't remember who it was it might have been hardy or whatever anyway there so they're the jets bring the house they have a bunch of downfield routes but so that blitzer left a hot read wide open three yards down the line uh past the line of scrimmage when when there is a free runner and a blitz coming literally your your instinct as the quarterback is supposed to be oh shit he's unaccounted for I'm not supposed to run up the middle because there, there's a bunch of guys there. I'm not, I'm not going to escape there. Just quick, boom, immediate. Once you know, once you sense the free runner, you just check it down to your hot read. And like, A, either you just take your four yards and you move on to the next play and be like, like, that's why Aaron Rodgers actually has been so good. That's why Tom Brady was so good. Tom Brady was like, was the okay, best at it. <laughs> we, Tom Brady, 
like say whatever we want about Tom Brady. I actually believe the reason why he was he was un, probably unquestionably the goat was because they would design a play right. Randy Moss down the field, not open. Mike Evans down the field, not open. Boom, check it down. Every single time, I'm getting my four yards. We're going to stay ahead of the chains. We're going to keep shit moving, and we're going to just keep moving the ball down the field. Josh Allen never does that, dude. Never. He, 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 he takes the home run shot, or he holds the ball, or he takes off and runs when the pressure starts coming. And it's like, I know those are like really ticky-tack things, and he's an awesome football player. I mean, he's, he's, an, he's an awesome football player. But there's those little things. I'm just like, God damn it, man. Like once you see the free runner comes, that means there's somebody open. Like it, that, that, that the whole th- reason why he's free is because someone, it, there's someone else out there, right? Yeah. You will, you have, you have 11 guys and they have 11 guys. If he's free, someone is open. So, um, little, little shit that just annoyed me with Josh Allen that I, I've like combined. That I don't think he two- knows how to read it. Like, like to, I don't think he knows how to do a, a proper pre-snap read. Like, a Manning, a Brady, a, Ma- a Mahomes is really good at it. Mm-hmm. They they understand that that guy could be that that free Burrow, rusher, right? And they know Bur- Burrow is not Burrow is not that talented. Like pure, like God, get like Josh Allen can throw the ball a hundred yards and is fucking huge and can run and is a tank, whatever. Like Cam Newton, right? He he's he's modern day Cam Newton. Burrow like doesn't have that strong of an arm. He's an okay athlete, but not anything special. But he gets up there and they're like, hmm. Looks like they're bringing a blitz and they're single covering Jamar Chase. Guess where this ball's going? Yeah, you know, Josh yeah. Allen never fucking does that. Like he never. never just walks up and goes, hmm, blitz. I got Stefan Diggs or Gabe Davis. Let's just throw it to them. You know, like even like the Zach Wilson throw to Garrett Wilson at the at the goal line was just like, I know it was called, but it's like, just throw it to my dude. Let him make a play. Yeah. And guess what? <laughs> yeah. Guess what? Garrett Wilson made one of the sickest catches, <laughs> sickest so catches sick. of all time. So um sick. Uh, anyway, enough about Josh Allen and the quarterbacks. I think we, I also think we made the the thing about the elite quarterbacks. Um, pretty clear. It was a good comment in the chat though. Matt says, uh, Mahomes looked awesome. I, I agree. Ma- yeah, like, I agree it, it, too. Mahomes, they lost and it, the box score wasn't amazing, but Mahomes played his ass off. I thought he was great. I thought he looked like a quarterback whose receivers let him down and he didn't have his hall of fame <laughs> best skill player right like that's what happens when you don't have travis kelsey how many, how many drops were there five six seven drops in well, that second tony half? had four sky had one sky uh, had more than one right he had at maybe least at least two. at least at least one richie james had one it was bad it was really the, the receivers were horrible were truly truly horrible uh on that note if we'll get to uh, more of this week two stuff um feeling Feeling, I would feel good, and I know you got big bags packed. I would feel good about Rashi Rice yes. moving forward for the Chiefs, uh, not just because he caught the touchdown, but because he was the only guy I felt throughout the course of the game was consistently creating separation, consistently looking like a dude out there. Like, look, I got big Richie James bags because I thought like he might be the guy. It what happened on Thursday was what I envisioned for why I was drafting Richie James. I was like, Sky sucks. Tony sucks. None of the, MVS is MVS. Yeah, it's a one sprinter. Right. Richie James Richie yeah. James is going to be the guy that's like, okay, I'm going to get open underneath for Patrick Mahomes. And he didn't do shit. He was, he was horrible. So I'm like, you know, somebody's got to do something. And I thought Rushy Rice definitely looked the best and uh, can, can continue to uh, uh, improve over the course of the season. I'd be really bullish on on rushy rice um i I think that he is going i I think we said this last week 
after the game. I don't remember. I remember talking about it. Rice is taking that Sky Moore job, and it's going to be sooner rather than later, especially after that game. Everyone was like focusing on Kadarius Tony and what happened with Kadarius Tony. Rice is sorry. Sky Moore is the one that is going to get phased out more. In my At least opinion, Tony got open. At least Tony got open. I mean, it was gross and he played bad. Look, I'm not yeah. going to sit here and, and even cope for Tony. That was fucking pathetic. But yeah. but he got open. Like he dropped the ball. But I mean, he ran like 12 routes and got what six to five or six targets. Like he was getting open and they mm-hmm. were they were trying to get him the ball. He just failed miserably. Sky Moore never got open. <laughs> so like you know, Tony will keep getting shots as long as he gets open. But if you don't get open, that's when you lose your job. Yeah. And rice rice looked good when he was on the field making plays. So I, I feel really good about the rice stuff going forward, to be honest, Tony will get his another chance. I'm not saying he's going to be great or anything like, but there's potential still with Tony. Like I'm not going to sit here and pump the Tony bags. I think rice is the guy we need to be focusing on going forward. I will have a non-zero amount of Kadarius Tony DFS lineups this week. That's all I'm going to say. We'll mm-hmm. leave it at that. Um, oh, well, that I'm being, sorry. It's MVS week. That game is. I will also have a non-zero amount of MVS <laughs> lineups. <laughs> in DFS, I will have a very much non-zero amount of Rashi Rice lineups in DFS this week as well. But um, uh, that game will be will be very fun. And if you want to talk about buy low on Kadarius Tony. Um, you can't think of a better spot. And uh, sometimes I like uh, the, the the Twitter clout as much as I like the money. And uh, if Kadarius Tony catches two touchdowns this week to, to dunk on everybody when he's 1% or whatever would be, would be very fun. Um, Thursday night. Let's talk about Thursday night really quickly. Um, Eagles fresh off of a pretty disappointing game against the Patriots. We talked about that one a little bit already. Jump out 16, nothing and kind of, <laughs> Just like, yeah, you know, put it in neutral all the way home and don't really do a whole lot and let the Patriots almost come back and and win that game. They were uh, uh, Keyshawn Boutte toe tap away from a first and first and goal or close to a first and goal with like a minute left down five for the Patriots. Yeah. Of course, he did not get the second foot down and they lost, but pretty bad performance from the Eagles. And of course, they play the Vikings on Thursday, who also had a very bad performance losing to the fighting Baker Mayfields, uh, which did you see the clip of Baker Mayfield uh, when he ran and uh, ran over Byron Murphy, the corner for the Minnesota Vikings, formerly oh, of the Arizona Cardinals? He said, uh, so he, he take, he, it, they run zone read and Baker keeps his zone read. Like the motherfucker thinks it's still college. Like, buddy, you, you just hand the ball off. You're not supposed to be running to the outside, but he, he starts to get the edge and Byron Murphy is the corner is there and comes up to tackle him. And Baker goes to stiff arm him and does like kind of stiff arm him and like kind of runs him over. Murphy took him down, but Baker like got like four or five extra yards as, as he just like ran Murphy over and they, he was mic'd up. And they got him on the mic as Murphy was tackling. He's he's going, get your weight up, get your weight up. <laughs> while, while Murphy was tackling him, and then he's like all jacked up, running back to the huddle, and uh, and like it, it was it was awesome. But uh, uh, the Bucks beat the Vikings. Now a uh, an interesting spot for the Vikings. Probably going to go to zero and two. But I do think the Eagles' defense showed a little bit of uh, warts in Week One that some people saw coming where they you know they were amazing last year 
also with the soft schedule, but they were really talented last year, still talented, but lost a lot of pieces and showed maybe losing those pieces it's going to make them a little more open to right. Why Jalen hurt, why I'm not worried about Jalen hurts is right. the defense. The defense is probably worse. So he's going to play a lot more four quarter games as opposed to two or three quarter games. And I think Thursday will be one of them where cousins, Jefferson and co are going to push them a little bit. And hurts is probably going to light the Vikings up. Yeah. The only problem is the short week thing. We never like yep. short weeks for these types of games, but I agree. I kind of wish this was on the main slate. I was back and forth with this today thinking about this game. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I wish this was on the main slate because I want to play Jalen Hurts. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, you wouldn't be able to play Jalen Hurts because everybody's going to play Jalen Hurts <laughs> if, if that was on the main slate. So, no, it's going to be a fun game. I mean, I'm, you know, I like football because of the Eagles. So I'm obviously always going to watch an Eagles game. Not really a fan of teams as much anymore, but. Jefferson, AJ Brown on the field. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch this game, see how they overcome. I do think the Eagles are going to win by double digits in this particular game, but Minnesota is going to try to push them for a little bit at least. And to your point, I, I already think that Jefferson's going to set the receiving yards record. So it's going to be another 140, 150 yard game for Jeff, Justin Jefferson. And they're going to have to throw. They can't run. Yeah. Um, you can't, it's tough to run on the Eagles as it is. And, Alexander Madison ain't going to be the one that breaks that mold. So, uh, yeah, Thursday feel really good about Hertz. Uh, I think it's actually a pretty good bounce back spot for Goddard as well. Uh, Patriots really locked him up and uh, he, he, he goose egged. But um, also, like we're going to talk about some buy low spots. Um, I'm not yet worried about Dallas Goddard. If he doesn't do anything on Thursday, again, it'll still only be two weeks. But I will be a little bit concerned because last year he never he never went through that big of a lull at any point last year and he's still it's still the same target competition so uh only other thing on that game is uh kenny gainwell uh they didn't practice on monday but they had a you know simulated practice report or whatever and he would not have practiced and then today they did practice and he did not practice with a rib injury uh i'm not sure when he picked that up but um just be so just be on the lookout for that. We'll see. We don't need to talk about the Eagles backfield again. We had a, a fun conversation about that yesterday. I will I will be interested to see if Gainwell does not play what they do. I, I I'm not rooting for Gainwell not to play because I, I got Gainwell bags too. I know you got tons of them. Um, uh, but I, I would like to see what happens if there is no Kenny Gainwell. Like is it Boston Scott? It, it, is Penny gonna get a chance? Is it Swift? I, I would be interested. To you're going to hate it even more. I think all you're, you're going to hate. Yeah, you're going to hate it even more. Um, this is the Swift week, though. This feels like a DeAndre Swift, you know, where he houses some sort of 60-yard touchdown or something like that. I think they'll figure out ways to get all three involved in fun ways against the Vikings um, if – if there's no, I, like we talked about it last night. So if you want to get our Eagles running back thoughts, we spent a long time talking about it on last night's show. Go, go check that out on the channel. But um, I think against the Vikings on a short week with no Kenny Gainwell, I think you'll get, you'll get some Boston Scott in like a traditional running back role. Then they'll scheme some stuff up for Swift that they didn't need to in week one. Cause Gainwell could just do everything. And I do think you'll get some Penny touches but you'll it'll probably be just like we're all pissed about everything <laughs> you're just mad about everything you know you're mad about your gain well because he's not playing you're mad about swift because he gets six touches and you're mad about penny because he gets four carries <laughs> you know type of a situation 
DFS czar says, please play Swift. Where? Where do you want me to play Swift? It's a Thursday night game. I'm not like, playing Swift and Showdown. I'll tell you that right now. I, I mean, it, I, do you want me to just? I'll play Swift and Showdown. I'll play one lineup. I'd, I'd throw a shift in the, a Swift in there just because he's going to be low owned. Like, like I'll throw a, one lineup with DeAndre Swift, but it's not like D, I'm not playing DeAndre Swift on a Sunday slate, even if it is the Minnesota game, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I please play Swift. It's a Thursday night game. What do you want from me here? We're talking about best ball. I'll play Swift if he makes the lineup. How about that? I'll put I'll put Swift in my best ball starting lineup. How about that one? <laughs> um, all right, on on to Sunday. We're not going to be able to hit every game, of course. We got you know twenty or so minutes, but we'll hit we'll hit some highlights. Um, one interesting one that would was has been a shootout for the past several years. That last year was a you know like week five, I believe it was, and then two years ago was in week 17, the best ball championship uh, that won lots of people, lots of money. The Seattle Seahawks go to Detroit and play the Detroit lions. And uh, I'm considering mic'd up. Did you see that mic'd up clip? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. Dude, that game. I lost, I lost a lot of money on the second half of that game because the Seahawks are fucking incompetent, but it was a lot of fun at all. Everything from that game was, was a lot of fun. Uh, they, they ran 13 plays in the, in the second half. They, they had 10 yards of total offense in the second half, but why did that happen? Both of their offensive tackles got hurt and the offensive line was a, a somewhat of a weakness for them already. And then you lose both of your tackles, the Detroit lions, have gotten better on defense. I mean, I know the Chiefs struggled with drops and didn't have Travis Kelsey, but the Lions defense showed you, I think, on Thursday night, opening night, that they've gotten a little better. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson is a bad man, um, and they have some talent on that defense. That that So the, the total is 47 on that game. I think people will be excited for that game, and I'm, I, I have – you want to talk about holding some bags. The Seahawks were one of my big stands this year that I thought they were going to be really good on offense again. And I, I'm not very, I'm not super excited for, for that game. I'm very, very worried. What I will say, uh, JSN looked really good in, in week one, um, six mm-hmm. target, either six, five or six targets uh, on 65% of the routes looked like you want JSN to look, the offense just stunk. It wasn't his fault. It wasn't DK Metcalf's fault. Uh, although DK got it real salty at the end of the game, uh, came in and shoved the dude down after a play yeah. and then got an unsportsmanlike the, ne- the next play and was acting like a, uh, he's way too big to act like that big of a bitch. Uh, so uh, that, that, yeah. that was a little, a little disappointing. Losing, losing the grown ass man card on. Yeah. Yeah. That was a bitch ass man card uh, type yeah. of a type of a game for Metcalf. But um, that game is one that seems like it's going to be really, really awesome. But, I don't know. Lions are minus Lions are minus five and a half, and the totals forty seven. I'm I told you I'm actually considering betting the under, and I really kind of like the Lions uh, on that one. I'll pull up uh, some of the odds so we can run down some of these games. But uh, that was one that stuck out to me where it's like, at first glance, you're like, oh my god, Seahawks Lions, let's go. But the more you think about it, it doesn't feel amazing. We kind we kind of hit on this on the off season though. I know you said you have a ton of Seahawks, but. We said there might be just a, a middling, fledgling offense this year, even with bringing JSN and they that little luster that we got from Geno Smith, like in the beginning of the season, it started to 
to lose its edge towards the end. And that could have carried over to this year. Not saying it's a hundred percent going to, but I was yep. always Rocky. I don't have a lot of Geno Smith this year. And I know he was getting touted a ton. Um, my Geno and I do, and I do have a bunch. Yeah. And I do have, a I have a lot of Seattle one-offs is what I will say, whether it's Walker, whether it's JSN, whether it's Tyler Lockett, who, uh, what's the, I didn't look up his injury yet, but I know there's something going head. on. It was head. It was a, so I, I, I don't know, you know, it's a, it's going to be a concussion protocol type of thing. He got gotcha. smoked in the, in the, in the head, uh, which probably was you know, just adding insult to injury at the end for the Seahawks, but maybe he misses this week, but I don't suspect it's a long-term thing. As bad as Jacoby Myers got smoked. No, not that bad. That was, oh, that was bad. I, 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 you should be happy about uh, if you took Jacoby Myers because his role was fucking godlike, and also mm-hmm. he looked amazing. Uh, he's a good football player. Jacoby Myers is. Um, he also, I can't think of a better fit with than Jimmy yeah. G with Jacoby. Like yeah. God came down and said, "There's one stack you're supposed to see in in football before both of these guys are done playing, and it is Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> and Jacoby Myers, uh, and it, and it worked." In week one, and he had a, obviously had a monster game, but I would be stunned if he plays this week, and I would not be surprised if he misses multiple games because that was he can they cannot let him play this week after that hit. I don't care I how good he is, you cannot play after that. I I, t- I totally agree. Um, at the top of the screen, you see Chargers and Titans. Feels like a pretty good bounce back spot for the Chargers, who were okay. Eckler was obviously good, but is also banged up. We'll see how he. Uh, looks in practice this week. Uh, he did also split uh, carries with God. Every time we do a show, someone calls some <laughs> fucking spam bot calls me and it triggers me. And, and I, I can't speak when it's happening and it comes in my head, you know, in my, my AirPods. But um, uh, the interesting thing about Austin Eckler is I, I wonder how much the injury was a part of this and how much was the game plan. But he, it was basically a 50-50 split with Austin Eckler and Josh Kelly. And Josh Kelly looked really good, he in, did look good. In, in week one. This is not a matchup to run against the Titans. The, the Titans do one thing on defense and one thing only, and that is stop the run. They are they, you, Mike Vrabel is not going to lose the run game battle. But uh, seems wheels up to me for Justin Herbert, bounce back, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, whatever. And I also think it's a pretty good spot, bounce back for uh, – Brian Tannehill was real bad in week one. Um, but uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, Chig. Chig played like 80% of the snap. He was basically a full-time tight end. I would feel good about my Titans so long as Ryan Tannehill remembers how to play football. That's a, that's a big hope at this point. <laughs> Another thing we were worried about. We looked at this Titans schedule in the, in the preseason, and we know that they're like playing to win this year, but – they get through the first six, seven, eight games, and they're a bad record. I don't know if Tannehill's going to stay out there. They might have to play Levis. So, I mean, I think they'll I play. Malik. I'm worried about. The- I think they'll play Malik Willis. He looked good in the pre. I, I think he's gotten a lot better. I think we'll. I mean, we would. We'll have to see in uh, if he gets into a regular season game. But I, I, I'm I'm more bullish on Malik Willis than I am on Will Levis. Uh, let's just say. Uh, for my Titans bags, because I have a bunch of tra- Traylon Burks and shout out Trev, one of our one of our uh, content guys here at Spike Week was Chig was his guy. I would want. I think I would want Malik Willis. I Will Levis. I don't think Titans fans are going to want terrible. 
Titans fans are going to want to see Levis. And if you're already out of it, you kind of want to see what you have in them. But you they invest the draft capital in them. They invested in Malik Willis too. Like, they hate the difference. They hate him though. They well, they well, already decided they're wait till they see Will Levis play. They're gonna fucking hate him real fast. Well, that's because the Titans refuse to blow this thing up. I know. Like, that's, like that's this is the where problem. they that's the problem. That's where they should be is blowing this thing up, rebuilding this entire team, trading Derrick Henry, not drafting quarterback after quarterback. But they're the Tennessee Titans, they refuse to lose. So yeah, it's just they're putting themselves in purgatory. I totally agree. Next one, Packers, Falcons. We don't got to talk about this one too much because everyone has dunked on Arthur Smith and the Falcons all week. Um, I don't think this is a great bounce back spot for Drake London, given what we saw in week one. Um, Arthur Smith sacrificed Drake London to the uh, to the island of J.C. Horn in week one. And, you know, that's not how I would coach the game. Personally, I would like to move my best players around and just get them the ball. Uh, but that's not how Arthur Smith coaches. And I understand all of us in fantasy land are not happy with Arthur Smith, and I'm certainly not happy. But um, that's how he chose to to go win week one, and they did go win week one. One thing I'll say about the Falcons is the defense is very, very much improved. Uh, th- their roster is real good. Like – if you go look down that roster, it's very good. Um, Desmond Ritter is obviously a huge question mark, and Arthur Smith is a bit of a question mark. But they're going to win a lot of games, I think, the Falcons this year. And I actually think they're going to win this one against against Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay is not very good against the run, and you know what you know what Arthur Smith wants to wow. do. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's it's probably not going to be a good good thing with old Bijan and Algier running it down your throat. Um, but I also think it's probably not a great bounce back spot for London and Pitts because I think he's just going to see the Packers run defense weakness and just continue to pound Bijan and Algier and probably sacrifice Drake London again to the uh, Jair Alexander Island, which is what's going to happen. Uh, Jair is going to go cover Drake London. So I wouldn't be really hopeful for Drake London just yet, but I would feel still pretty good about both Algier and uh <laughs> And, and, and Bijan dogs are also excited about the run game for the Falcons. You, you know that London's catching a touchdown now that you said that. Oh, a hundred percent. Is it a hot take to say JC Horn is better than Jair Alexander? I think, I think JC Horn is like super duper elite and Jair is good. Still very good. Not totally amazing. So I wouldn't be surprised. I think Pitts. I'll, I, I'll, I'll bet a Pitts touchdown this week. Okay. How about that I'll one? Take- I'll throw pits on something. I'll figure something out for pits. Also a uh, regression season for old Jordan love. I think the bears defense is terrible. The bears are terrible and uh, Jordan love did look very good. And I would be very hopeful for, yeah. Uh, dilly dilly. What a f- stupid fake uh, name that is. <laughs> dilly dilly says uh, JC Horn is hurt. Yeah, obviously we'll get to uh, the Panthers later, but the, uh, JC Horn is hurt, but he was not hurt in week in, in week one and he locked it. They just sent Drake Drake London out to it was like Revis yeah. Island. They just said, London, you go out to this really good corner. We're never even gonna look at you. We're gonna let Bijan and Algier do do everything. But um I think the Falcons I, I I know it's gross. I know London and Pitts feel really gross, but I think the Falcons are gonna be very good. And I do think that it's still it it it's four point five guys. Bijan and Algier are basically a split. So that's a concern for Bijan, but really good for Algier. And then Pitts and London with a sprinkle of Mac Collins. Um, 
So you're going to get good games out of all these guys over the course of the season. You're good. When they don't have a good game, you're going to get nothing. So that sucks really like that is really bad at the draft cost for some of these guys, but you're, you're going to get good games. Out yeah, of I do want to, I do want to see them get pushed eventually too. Like, I just want to see what that looks like for that team. Maybe they and need they, to see that too. Maybe I'm not saying that Arctic Smith's going to change his coaching style, but if they get pushed and they can kind of keep up, maybe that's something that that they need to have happen for that offense. Mm-hmm. I I agree. They have a good defense, and they played the Panthers' offense is a joke. Honestly, like I felt, yeah. I thought Bryce Young actually looked pretty good. Just no one ever got open for him. Well, you, you also lose both of your quote unquote starting wide receivers before. You know, like which we all yeah. saw him freaking coming a mile away. Who didn't see the the Chark and um, Thielen injuries for Week One? It just felt so organic. Yeah, there and Mingo's not ready to be the guy, and Visca we know is not the guy, and so they yeah. just, Hayden Hurst caught a touchdown. So um, feel okay, feel okay about him. You know, being the accumulator that, that he's not good, but. He's probably going to get six or seven targets every week on a bad offense because they don't have any other options. So um, Colts, Texans, just a quick uh, RIP to my guy, Evan Hall. We made it a few snaps (laughs) into into week one (laughs) before uh, he got hurt. He's on IR. Um, Supposedly, I I was hopeful because uh, after the game, he he said that he didn't think it was a big deal, his injury. Mm Um, and then they put him and they put him on IR today. So clearly it's a little bigger deal than, than he, than he thought. But, um, uh, Anthony Richardson, of course, looked, uh, probably a lot better than most people thought, especially as a passer. It was great. He was like, I I don't remember where it was. I know he was like six for his first seven and then like 12 for his first 15 or something like that. And it was really good to see Twitter dunking, you know doing some fun dunking on people that were like, Oh, all the fantasy bros told you that he couldn't complete a pass ever. And he's, you know, completing 90% of his passes, but um, the running died down in the second half a little bit for AR. He also got dinged up, but he's supposedly okay, but this is a pretty good matchup. So I think well, you want to AR... talk about a quarterback that needs to learn how to slide and all kinds of stuff. He, this dude, this dude is going to get hurt. Like 100%. he already, I mean, he already got hurt week one. He has the knee bruise. But you talk about Josh Allen and stuff and not sliding. AR is over there trying to to plant people into the ground. And it's you're in the NFL. I just you're in the NFL. This is not college. These dudes are big. They are going. Yep. They are going to win that battle more than you win that battle. I agree. I don't want to talk too much about Colts, Colts, Texans. Yeah, uh, it's going to be gross. Really, really gross game. But uh, sometimes the gross games are fun, you know, fun little like from a DFS perspective. Um, and and if you want to bet over 40, I don't think that that's crazy. It, it's not too great. De- the Colts defense is a fucking abomination. So uh, that I, I think it's an OK bounce back spot for Nico. You know, uh, Damian Pierce feels a little sketchy. He seeded a lot like what a great lesson in the preseason usage being flawed is Damian Pierce. Mm-hmm. Um, he ran two more routes than Mike Boone in, <laughs> in, in week one, Mike Boone was somebody, no people weren't even sure if he was going to make the team and Mike Boone ran 19 routes and, and um, 
uh, Damian Pierce ran, I think 21, might have been 23, but it was somewhat, right? Basically, Mike Boone ran the same amount of routes as Damian Pierce did. And it's like, you know, we, we love to get really excited about the preseason usage, and sometimes it isn't real. And sometimes we also expect, you know, Devin Singletary is the next man up. And guess what? Devin Singletary is like the 2.5 with with Mike Boone. And um, I do think Nico Collins looked good. If CJ Stroud, you know, the, the Ravens really defense really got after uh, the Texans. But I, I feel like Nico Collins, you should be uh, fairly bullish for. And also Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman looked good in, in week one. Josh Downs, too. Um, another one. Uh, Bears, Bucks. Interesting game. Baker, obviously, we talked about earlier. What's your? What, do you have any thoughts on uh, the Bears' first game, Fields, and all and all of that? Because they obviously look terrible, but this does feel like a decent bounce back spot for you know Fields, DJ Moore. I think the offense is going to be fine for fantasy. To your point, their defense is just bad, really so I bad. think that they're they're going to be in enough shootouts all year. Fields is still running a bit. DJ Moore is going to be fine. He's going to have his his zero to four point games. But I think overall you're fine with this offense. You can play Khalil Herbert. You can play Roshan Johnson, right? I'm still very not into Donta Foreman at the moment, but I think the other two backs have some value. They should be fine against the bucks this week. This should be, this is probably the game that you should probably hammer the over on 41 and a half. We should probably. I'm probably going to go bet that after we get off the show. I agree. I I, I like it. I I thought Baker. Look, I'm not a Baker guy, but I, I I thought he looked fine in in week one. And they obviously have weapons. Evans, Godwin, Trey Palmer caught a touchdown. I think Kate Otten is is fine. fine. Rashad White and Sean Tucker, and, and they played Chase Edmonds for a lot over Sean Tucker. But I think Sean Tucker will take over that. RB2 job and the Bears defense is really really bad I mean Jordan Love without Christian Watson and then no Aaron Jones in the fourth quarter I hung what 40 on them or something like that like effortlessly 40 Jordan Love threw 26 passes and threw for like 250 and four and Aaron Jones obviously just straight hung dong on on the Bears on the Bears defense I I think I think the the Bucks defense held the Vikings in check in the, the, on the scoreboard, but not like from a production standpoint, they should have scored the, I mean, a, the Vikings should have won that game and B they probably should have scored 40, but Mm. Kirk, Kirk took some sacks in the red zone. They, they had some drops in the red zone. They, they, it it wasn't good for the Vikings in terms of, you know, uh, finishing drives. I think fields in particular fields, DJ Moore bounces back here pretty good so if you're you know if you drafted that stack praying for the upside i wouldn't write it off just yet let's see how they go against uh the bucks on sunday let's not talk too too much about raiders bills because we both just think <laughs> the bills smash i mean what a bounce back spot man like jets on prime time lay an egg and then you get the raiders defense who russ just straight cooked up in the first half i know he didn't do shit at all in the second half but he the Broncos offense is terrible. They don't have any weapons without, especially without Judy uh, and Dulcich got hurt. I think the bills kind of just lay the smack down here, especially no Jacoby Myers. We assume no Jacoby Myers, uh, Jimmy G Jimmy G did play well in, in that game, but got hurt twice too. That, yeah. I mean, and that's the concern about Jimmy G. Does he even make it through 
this game is always like the concern with him. So I, that dude is not making it through the whole season. No, 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 no. no. I agree. Um, Chiefs Jaguars, the cream of the crop of, of yes. week one. Um, super, super excited for this one. Wheels up on everybody. If you got all these guys in your best ball portfolio, feel good. Um, I will say I, it was interesting because uh, Tank Bigsby was almost completely splitting with Travis Etienne for most of the first half. And then he went totally away in the second half. Uh, and Travis Etienne played all like 75% of snaps. I'm trying to cite it from memory. I apologize if I'm not getting it exactly right, but somewhere in that ballpark, Etienne kind of took over in the second half. So I'd feel really good about that. I would expect that he should continue that in a big shootout game if they, because the reason why he did that, my guess is that it was a lot closer <laughs> than they hoped it would be. They were playing, they were mixing and matching him and tank in the first half. Cause it was like, eh, it's the Colts. We're going to, we're going to run these guys in. And then they were losing to the Colts. And so they said, let's, let's maybe just run with our best players. Um, Calvin Ridley is the, the big highlight from this game to me. Every, if, if your take in the off season was, we just don't know. He hasn't played in two years. You know, how could you possibly take him at the two, three turn when you don't know if he's any good and you know, he hasn't played in such a long time and he's in a new offense. I'm not saying your premise was wrong, but it's time to hold that L already. I think in my, just, just, just my opinion. It, it He's a smash. He's, will he's he the stay, guy. Will he stay healthy? He's the guy. I, I, I don't know if, it, you know, we, we can never project those things over the, will he smash in week 17? I don't know. Will he smash all year? Will he stay healthy? I don't know. He was targeted on something like 40% of first reads from Trevor Lawrence. He was open all day. Go watch the game. He's a smash. He's a smash. He's better. Yeah. Like CD lamb went at the one, two turn. Calvin Ridley's a better fantasy player than, than CD lamb is. So yeah. um, it just is what it is. Yeah, I agree. And doesn't mean that this will be another Calvin Ridley week, but the dude is is an absolute baller. This could actually be the go watch Kirk the, week. Go Twitter search some like Calvin Ridley highlights. I feel bad for those Colts corner. He, he he was like, I'm trying to think of some of the really you know like Diggs is actually a really good route runner, so probably a good comp. Like sometimes Diggs puts these dudes on skates so bad with like these crazy routes. Like he just fucks with guys. Calvin Ridley was just. He was feeling himself so much that he was just like, like dancing around during his routes. And then like, he would just put on the brakes. The corner would fall down. Literally that happened during the game. The corner fell down when he put on the brakes yep. and he's just wide open. It was, he looks awesome and he's very clearly the alpha for the Jags. So if you have, if you have Calvin Ridley on your fantasy team or on your best ball teams, I would feel good. And certainly I would feel good in this monster shootout of a game next one ravens bengals 10 percent, and i wish i had more yep same i i i i actually was one of those guys who was like oh, man ridley really in the third round you know blah 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 and then eventually i was just like don't do this you, you don't you don't want to do this you, you don't want to go in with two percent calvin ridley like don't do don't do that to yourself like he can win you millions of dollars just take the plunge get get at least up to up to with the field um, let's hit he's, some of these. Sorry. He's the one I made the mistake with because we, I don't know if you remember having the conversation early in best ball season. I, I 
talk to you about the Jags because you were real light. And I was pretty heavy overweight at that point in time. Yeah. But as Ridley rose up, I started not taking him when he ended up in that second round at the end of that second round. I was kind of fading because I was like, oh, I already drafted a ton of Ridley in the third round. And yeah, when I believed in him that much, I should have been like, yeah, great. I got the third, fourth round Ridley early, but I might as well get the second round Ridley as well. Like, I don't think it really. Now you're just getting different, different combinations right. of players with them. And, and I didn't do it. And that was, we're going to make these mistakes throughout the years, but like, I always try to make sure that I look at them and see what was the mistake. And I thought that before the game too, I was like, I think I, I messed this Ridley thing up. Yep. I, I, I felt that way a hundred percent. I tried to rectify it. I was the guy yeah. buying the top. I was buying Ridley at the two, three turn because I realized the error of my ways and I'm not trying to, you know, we'll probably get a YouTube comment that says you're overreacting to week one on Calvin Ridley, but that's how I felt two weeks ago. So um, I'm fine. If, if he fails the rest of the way, so be it. Uh, I'll hold that L, but uh, I'm pretty confident in uh, Calvin Ridley's yeah. role, at least uh, yeah. and his, and his fantasy standing here moving forward. Uh, I don't want to touch too much on giants Cardinals. Good bounce back spot for the, for the giants. Yeah. Um, gross, gross, gross game. <laughs> really gross game. I mean, you see 39 and a half total and the Giants are six point favorites on the road. Nothing super special there. Uh, Saquon should be a pretty good Saquon spot, but Ravens Bengals, I am pretty excited for. I'll definitely be watching that one in particular because I want to see how Lamar and Burrow, frankly, yeah, I want to see how, and I, the entire I, Bengals offense bounce back. Oh, both of the, these are two bounce back spots and so a lot of things all converging together. Both offenses underperformed, particularly from a fantasy perspective in week one. Uh, I thought Zay Flowers was awesome. And that was about the only positive from both of these two teams uh, from a from a like performance perspective. I know Justice Hill we're excited for and he was good in week one in the you know fantasy box score. But he had eight carries for nine yards. He wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't like he was awesome, you know, in real life. Uh, but I think this game is just something we really want to watch for you know fantasy bounce back if neither of these if this is if this game is like 13 10 and both of these offenses struggle again again it's still only going to be two weeks but i i think it will be okay to be like oh man like there are there were a lot of guys we could take in the first three rounds and both of these teams had a had a bunch of dudes <laughs> that we were drafting there should we have drafted somebody else i think we will be talking about that next monday if this game doesn't produce at least a little bit of fantasy goodness just check the weather on the game too because i was like yeah i know there's some some stuff going around with the weather up here for the week and the weekend uh but in cincinnati on sunday it is going to be 77 degrees and like partly cloudy there so we go thank is god is there is there a better you know weather for a football game i mean maybe a few degrees colder but i mean we're getting good weather for that game i think everybody bounces back and i god let's hope t higgins doesn't zero out again yeah uh, it, this is a great t and uh chase spot in my opinion um so we'll see this this might be a great df so i'm I, as we were going through the games i was like looking at some of these teams but this might be a great borrow double stack game because it'll be probably really low owned mm -hmm. with some cheap pieces you can bring uh, it might be this might be the play uh, I will just say Zay, Zay Flowers, uh, the yeah. prospect bros who were like, oh, he wasn't that good of a prospect. He was just doing it at Boston College. 
looks pretty good. He looks he he, he was the alpha in that offense by far. Like thank God un- I flipped that switch on him because I wasn't in the beginning. I was. I think we talked about this last night. I was so heavy yep. Bateman, so heavy. Thank God I switched. <laughs> and I flipped that switch. I I'm I'm still sort of mad at myself. Because I mean, I, I also I love Bateman in college too. So mm-hmm. it, I'm not trying to say that it was um, like I dislike Bateman and loved Zay, but like as a as a college bro, a college DFS bro, like Zay Flowers every time he was on a college football DFS late was like literally the stone lock of all locks. And like, do you watch every BC game? And he like he was unreal. He was literally unreal. He was like you've heard me talk about like tutu and how good mm-hmm. tutu was in college. He was tutu on steroids. It was, it was, he was unstoppable in the ace. Like, I don't care if he's playing Clemson. I don't care. I don't care who he's playing. He was going to catch eight balls for 150 yards and two touchdowns. Like it's just what he did. And I, and it wasn't like fluky college bullshit. It was like, no, they threw for 212 yards and he had 150 of them. <laughs> like he was the whole offense. And yep he was so, so, so good in college. And I know, I understand all the pushback from the the prospect community or whatever on his size and, you know, where he came from and kind of a little bit of a later breakout, blah, blah, blah. But I was just like, this dude's good. I believed that he was good. And um, I was just naturally like, Oh my God, Rashad Bateman's going after him in early parts of drafts. And it shouldn't deter you from a good pick just because, another guy is a good pick two rounds later. And that's a trap that a lot of people fall into that. I personally try to steer people away from. And I fell into it at the beginning of draft season being like, well, I can get Bateman in round nine. Why would I take Zay in round seven? And I was like, why don't you just take both dummy? If they're both good right. picks, they're just right. take both. Um, I, started, I started to take both of them as well. All right. Quick, quick, hot, quick, hot, uh, Quick, you know, hit hit these down the stretch here. 49ers Rams. Uh I love Rams get love, embarrassed this week. I, I love all my Rams. I love I love <laughs> shout out to shout out to Kyron and Puka and Tutu, but this yeah. is not the week, boys. Nope. This is not the week. Uh 49ers by a billion, right? Like yeah, they're gonna yeah. the the Rams are gonna inverse what they did last week. Jets Cowboys. I wish I got that opening line to Same. hit the under on 45 and a half. The fact that it's already 39 and a half tells you all you need to know this game is not going to be a good fantasy game nope uh play the cowboys defense in dfs um commanders broncos is an interesting one uh holding all of my howl bags not a great game obviously you see 38 and a half total in there and they're underdogs but the broncos defense was really bad last week i know they only gave up 17 to the raiders but uh, that was mostly because the game was both sides were just like dinking and dunking the whole game uh, Jimmy G threw 26 passes for like 280 yards or something like that. Um, they were really, really efficient. Uh, I think it was a uh, shout out Reeves, uh, Rich Rebar said uh, the Raiders were the only team that got a first down on every possession that they had the entire game. Um, I- I'm not sure the Broncos defense is very good. <laughs> we're, we're assuming that they're good because they've been good historically. They do have Patrick Sertan, but they, they like they traded Bradley Chubb. I yeah. don't know. I don't know Sir that the Broncos... nasty, but the rest yeah. might be bad. I think I'm betting yeah. the over on this game. I, I kind of like the over there as well. Um, Commander's defense was okay, not amazing, so I wouldn't feel too bad about my my assets in that game. Not a you know 
it's not perfect, but I think there'll be a little bit of fantasy production there. Then we get to the Sunday, Monday night games, Dolphins, Patriots, certainly a, a letdown, not, not a letdown spot, but kind of a letdown spot for, for the Dolphins. They're not going to do what they did in week one against the Patriots in new England. But uh, what, what are you thinking about, uh, uh, you know, this kind of spot for both of these two teams? Wait, is this a double Monday night game? Yeah, situation? there's two Monday night games. Yeah, they're doing that week two, not week one. Wasn't that always week one before? Whatever, doesn't matter. Um, it was, yeah. Patriots are going to get smashed by one of these wide receivers. This is just, this is just classic Patriots, time, right? Probably Waddle. Waddle. They probably bracket Hill. I would assume that's what they do. Um. So I think it's probably Jalen Waddle week. So that's what I would be looking at there. And I'm interested to see what the Patriots do in the passing game again. I think there's an overreaction to Ramondre, by the way. Like his role like from was great, I'm, right? His uh, like what, 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 are, what did he? Yeah, what what did he do that we didn't think he was going to do? We knew he wasn't going to get the workload that he got last year. It didn't matter if they brought in Zeke or somebody else. They were never going to try to make him a workhorse like they did. Like they had to last year. They had no other option. So I don't understand this Ramondre fud that's going on at all. We, he was what we thought he was. So what what the fuck? Like I don't know. Like that that was crazy to me. Reading through a bunch of tweets today, um, I, I find that ridiculous. Saints Panthers could be interesting. I don't know. Um, no, I don't JC know where I no, no JC Horn for the Panthers, as you mentioned before. Uh, the island of JC Horn. Um, I was a little disappointed with the Saints. I have a, I have quite a bit of Saints in uh, best ball just because uh, they have a really good schedule the whole, the, over the course of the whole season. You get the Derek Carr theoretical upgrade at quarterback. Um, I don't know. This game just feels really gross. I'm much more excited about the other game, <laughs> the other the other Monday night game. They the Panthers both offense. Suck. Why yeah, are we they, doing? Why are we doing these two Monday night games? All, honestly, the Dolphins Patriots is not amazing either. Thank God, at least the Dolphins are playing. But uh, yeah. all these games are yeah. are really quite bad. But um, I really don't have a lot of takes from the Saints Panthers. The Panthers offense was putrid. Um, I do think that. Uh, you know, we have a like 60 40 split on Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard. And this is not a good spot for those guys. This is not a good spot for the pat, like, a, a, you know, it would be a better spot for the passing game, but it's not an amazing spot. And God knows their passing game is horrible. I like the Saints, honestly, without, yeah. especially without JC Horn. I like the Saints in this game. And I think it's so, uh, so if you play Jamal Williams, hope it, you know, uh 90% uh, of snaps Jamal Williams week 1 this is a better time to play Jamal Williams than than last week I'd be a little bit more hopeful for that but other than that no real honestly this game is just like whatever we'll see yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens the next one last one to close out the show oh, man I, I wanted to be excited about the Steelers like everybody else was with all the preseason bullshit but I couldn't quite get there and they did what we thought. Now, the 49ers defense is awesome. It's a similar thing to what we talked about with the Bills earlier at the top of the show. I can mm-hmm. write off a bad performance against the, the 49ers defense, but the Steelers lose Deontay Johnson. Yep. And say whatever you want about him, he is an integral part of, of their offense because he gets open. Yep. It, it, you need that. 
now I, I love Calvin Austin, you know, you know me, that's one of my guys, but I mean, you can't replace Deontay Johnson with Calvin Austin. And now Allen Robinson's going to run every route, which is not certainly not ideal. The Browns defense did look really good despite, you know, it being a little bit of weather aided in week one against the Bengals. I don't know. Deshaun Watson looked fucking terrible again. I, th- I thought we were supposed to see a better Deshaun Watson this year. I thought the whole thing was he couldn't practice with the team. He couldn't enter the building last year for 12 weeks. Well, he was there all summer, and guess what? He still looked like shit. So, I don't know. And this game is also very gross, but uh, I do like the Browns. I am, I am glad we have football back. And I don't want to complain about having games, but God, give us a better two game. Yo, who the fuck picked these games? <laughs> and I know they played on primetime last week, but how are we not putting Chiefs Jags in a primetime spot? Everyone wants to watch that game. Chiefs you Jags. Know? Like, like think of some of these games now. Jets Cowboys turned out to be terrible, but like that would be better. Ravens, that would have been a better game. Wh- I would why the fuck are Ravens Bengals not on? We have two Monday night games and Ravens Bengals is not one of them. That's the, that's the best two teams. Like the, in terms, like you said, chiefs, Jags and Ravens Bengals. That's the best matchups of the week. And neither of them are on a double header on Monday night football. Yeah. I mean, I'd even rather have that lion Seahawks game in a primetime spot to watch. Like there's so many other games I'd rather watch, but I have one question before you, before we get out of here. Because you were fading the elite quarterbacks, and I'm not trying to dunk on you. I'm just legitimately curious. Like, what was your Rodgers exposure? Because to me, Rodgers was only – so you were 0%? Okay. I, I'm i technically 0%. I have him on two best ball mania teams altogether. Uh, he's on a couple auto drafts, you know. To, but uh, my intent was 0. Yeah, my intent was also 0 because I just didn't think he fit – any builds, even though I was taking Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, he never really fit my my looks like Rob Froze. He never really fit. That is true. He definitely never fit. Uh I will close that out with the Hopefully fact I have that... one, two, Oh. Can you I'm... hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm back. Okay. Okay, you're back. You're back. Um I wasn't sure if it was me. I always get really skittish because <laughs> my internet goes kind of uh, up and down here in, yeah. in the basement. But uh, to your point, um, I know uh, at least I missed. They might have. They might have got. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> that, that's really. That's really funny. What, where did, what was the last thing you heard me say? I'll finish the point. Whatever it was. Yeah. Um, he never. For me, I heard he never really fit. Dot dot dot. He never really fit any build. Like that I was doing or any team like because I was doing elite quarterback. He never really made sense with them. He never really made sense with some of my three quarterback builds, even though I was drafting some Jets, obviously Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall. So like from from best ball perspective, it was a sigh of relief because I just don't have him on teams for the most part. Um, obviously it's not, it's not great because I have a lot of Brees Hall and I have a lot of Garrett Wilson. Um, and at the yeah. end of the day, I, the thesis was that Aaron Rodgers was going to make right. them better. Uh, not certainly not Zach Wilson, but also the thesis was Aaron Rodgers is making those guys better. He's not necessarily a good fantasy asset and he wasn't last year in green Bay. 
if he doesn't throw, you know, his MVP seasons where he just goes fuck you to everybody and throws 50 touchdowns and they never run at the goal line, he's really not very good for fantasy. He doesn't run anymore. They play the slowest. His offenses play the slowest pace in the league. It's goddamn insufferable to watch. It's great on primetime because that, that shit is over in two hours. Because he it, like every Aaron Rodgers snap <laughs> is, you know, uh, with uh, it's zero. You're like, is that delay a game? Is that delay a game? You know, no, but it, he gets it off right before delay a game. Um, but yeah, he, he's just not a like, so same thing with uh, the Rams to close. These are the types of quarterbacks I don't draft. I drafted uh, some, very little, but some of the Bucks wide receivers. I can't help myself with Chris Godwin. But I'd never drafted Tom Brady. This year, I drafted Rams like it's going out of style. <laughs> I, dra- I have so much Kyron, no Puka, Stafford. Puka, Tutu, but I literally never drafted Stafford. I drafted tons of, of Brees, and Garrett Wilson, but I never drafted Aaron Rodgers. And I think that sometimes I'm not saying to the folks in the chat because they're, they're on this shit, but it, it, that's the difference in, you know, kind of the casual brain to the uh, best yeah. ball brain is like Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to be a good fantasy pick for those guys to put. Actually, we might actually prefer him to just be a, a point guard. Let, let those got let him and Stafford, Right. And old school Brady and Derek Carr. I, I, I have a little bit more Derek Carr, but it, like let those guys be point guards. Let them be Do- John Stockton. They're not they're going to score 16 fantasy points a week. Who gives a shit? But they're going to get the ball to your guys and they're going to score fantasy points and they're going to make the offense good. Right. So that's all that matters. Yeah, um, yeah I agree. That's going to do it for us here on our Tuesday night week two preview on spike week sickos we'll be back again mondays and tuesdays for sure every single week at 7 p.m eastern and we'll get you guys i promise a uh updated schedule here pretty soon with nba is coming and shoot uh nfl in season will be here nfl in season is already here on DraftKings, but it will be here very quickly on underdog drafters and playoff best balls coming MLB playoff best balls already here. We're going to get you covered with all of that stuff very, very shortly, but forgive us, please forgive us. It's been a long grind of a summer. We're going to take the first two weeks and just do a couple shows a week, but starting in the next couple of weeks, we'll have you covered with all of that kind of stuff. We'd love you guys. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Enjoy week two. Spooky enjoy- season. It's enjoy- spooky season. Come <laughs> join me and watch some ghosts stories at nine o'clock tonight half I agree. hour or so i i told i totally agree with that hometown ghost stories go check out hometown ghost stories on on youtube and rob and i'll see you guys on next monday peace have a good night Woo! those were some spicy takes want to stay up to date with all of the other spicy takes we're gonna have over here at spike week why don't you press that subscribe button below you turn notifications on, we draft a team, boom, you know about it. We have another spicy take, boom, you know about it. You can be there. You can draft with us. You want to stay up to date. That's how you do it. All right, we'll catch you later next time here at Spike Week. Spike Week.